Welcome to T3, Today, Tomorrow's Technologies. Your host is Jose Negron. We take the guesswork out of technological jargon so that you know what's next, why it's great or not so great, and how you can benefit from it by learning about it early. Now, here is Jose Negron. Welcome, everybody. This is your host, Jose Negron, on voiceamerica.com on the Variety Channel, hosting the lead technology show, Today, Tomorrow's Technology, T3, every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time or noon East Coast Time. Also, if you want to listen to our other shows, you can check us out Monday and Tuesday, morning and evening at voiceamerica.com. Go to the Variety Channel and look us up on Today, Tomorrow's Technologies. As always, uh, I'm always surprised by the audience numbers, both the international and U.S. numbers are continuing to increase. But before we get started, I just want to make sure that everybody understands the purpose of T3, and that is to ensure that we have a, a, a discussion with the engineers, the scientists, the innovators, uh, just uh, to make the non-techie guys understand what we're talking about. And really, this has been our formula for success for T3. Uh, as always, to keep the audience uh, listening and, and calling to our radio show, uh, call 866-472-5788 or email me at todaytomorrowstechnologies at gmail.com. The subject today is quite interesting. Uh, it's it's uh, a renewable fuel solution, nuclear energy. And why do I suggest that? Well, first of all, what do we know about nuclear energy? As we continue to rely on renewable fuels such as solar, wind, bio, ocean wave technologies and others, are we missing the best renewable fuel? Nuclear energy has been around for a long time. But in the U.S., we've cut back, yet we have other countries, as we will learn, that are just increasing the uses of nuclear energy. I believe uh, we need to look at how we decide to move forward for, with these renewable fuels. Climate change has impacted our lives, and we need to start addressing the real causes. But first of all, do we really know what the energy savings or the outputs for a green revolution one thing before we get started, I, I do want to shout out and uh, uh, my t- uh, to Roger Bloomquist at Argonne National Lab. Uh, had a chance to visit with him with our two guests, uh, Tom Dolan and Steve Curtis, on the 12th and 13th of March. And I will say that uh, Roger did an outstanding job, and I cannot be more informed. And I look forward to further discussion on this nuclear energy topic. Also, um, Tom Dolan, one of our guests today, has provided me a little nuclear test. Uh, You can go to https semicolon slash slash Virginia dash recycles dash SNF dot com slash nuclear dash ed. If you didn't pick that up, please just go to voiceamerica.com, the Variety Channel. Look up today's show, the 24th at T3, Today, Tomorrow's Technology, to pick up the website. But let's get started. Like I said, I have two guests, Mr. Steve Curtis and Tom Dolan. Our topic today is 
a renewable fuel solution, nuclear energy. Steve uh, and Tom have been with me in the past. We've had two shows on nuclear energy, and Steve has worked in the radiation nuclear profession for over 30 years. He is currently advancing nuclear energy, a way to contribute to the clean energy production. Uh, he is a member of the American Nuclear Society and has been associated with a lot of uh, ANS uh, section in Las uh, Vegas, Nevada. Tom Dolan is an aviation expert, 25 years in uh, law enforcement, has been involved in uh, Emergency Management Institute, Radiation Emergency Management, uh, the Response Cell, and Incident Command Systems. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jose. Thanks for having us. Okay, let's start off with Steve. Uh, Steve, our, our topic today, a renewable fuel solution, nuclear energy. Uh, I just want to, before we get started, really, uh, I want to break down the show first into three major sections. First, I want to talk about the state of nuclear energy or nuclear power around the world and what are the global interests on nuclear energy. Second segment, uh, uh, I'd like to focus on what is the United States doing uh, on its nuclear energy development or decreasing its nuclear energy output. And then finally, the third show, I'd like to focus on the states. What is Virginia, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Illinois, what are those folks doing? And so I'd like to do that. But uh, as a reminder, uh, and this is, uh, I'm going to give everybody a heads up, this is the first show of many shows on various topics of energy. Our topic today is a renewable fuel solution, nuclear energy. On the 31st of March, I'd like to talk about uh, the advantages of nuclear recycling. And then on the 7th of April, we're going to talk about renewable fuels. What do we know about it? So just a heads up for people, this is a series so let's go ahead, Steve, now. Let's get started. And what's going on in the world as far as nuclear energy is concerned? Where are we in the world's development of nuclear power? Well, Jose, it's very interesting. Um, the, uh, the rest of the world is moving out a lot faster than we are. There's a couple notable exceptions, but I think they're suffering from that. Germany has decided to reduce their nuclear um, signature and their... Rates are three times higher than the rest of Europe, and their air is far dirtier than any of the rest of the countries in Europe. So they have a way to go to think about this, and I think there's a huge nuclear resurgence in Germany. I don't think they're going to go the whole way on that, but we'll see. However, the rest of the world, uh, Russia, uh, China, even Japan's nuclear reactors are coming back online and starting to find use again. Um, but China is the, the leader of the world. They're going to probably have more reactors than the United States has in probably three years. They're building them at about 10 to 15 a year, and uh, they already have 46 as of the beginning of this year. So they have no problem putting nuclear power to work and putting it online and making it affordable. And so one of the questions is if they, they can do it, why can't we? And that's a, that's a question I have not been able to answer. There's a, there's a lot of factors that are involved in the United States. But uh, we actually have um, African countries who most of them only have hydro fuel or, or dams to produce their electricity. And now they're starting to think about getting um, what we're going to talk about in a minute, the small modular reactor generation is, works well for some of those African states. And, te- and it's mostly Russia that's selling, selling to them. South Korea has exported four reactors to, of all places, the United Arab Emirates, and those are coming online now. They've been being built for, for the last seven years, seven or eight years, and now they're systematically coming online. There's four of them. 
And you'd think an oil-rich company, uh, country would, why would they need nuclear? They have plenty of oil. Well, they see the future, and it, to them it looks like nuclear. And then Saudi Arabia is the next in line as far as the Middle East is concerned. So it's really moving out India. Of course, all those people in India need need power, and most of them don't even have it now. So there's a big issue in, in India, and they're, they're coming on with uh, nuclear power. So in the last 10 years... 10 to 15 years, the world's gone from about 400 reactors to 450 reactors. So it's coming on strong in the rest of the world. What's wrong with here is anybody's guess, but we can talk about that at some point. Yeah, let's talk about what's happening in the United States in the second period. But let's talk about some of these countries. you got China going, uh, leading the world. It looks like they're producing quite a few reactors. Um, they currently have, uh, did you say, 46 reactors today? And 46, what is, yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is what is their projection here in the let's let's say in the next twenty years or so? The next twenty years, oh well, they want to have uh, four hundred reactors online by 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 twenty thirty or twenty thirty five, wow. I guess. Yeah, and they're on on track to do that. And and again, um, uh, they they get some opposition in their country, but their reactors are working very very well for them. Of course, as you know, they have a huge problem with pollution, and uh, they've they've realized that. And to full disclosure, they're building coal plants and uh, natural gas plants and wind and solar and everything. They're getting everything on as fast as they can. But the nuclear part is the one that they're really enamored with. Right. And the nuclear part, uh, based on that growth, 400 uh, reactors in uh, 2035, that's 15 years from now. Uh, yep. So that's quite a growth spurt there. That and uh, I'm sure, based on what I'm hearing you say, uh, they will reduce their dependency on, the, I guess, the fossil fuels, because that's what they're depending on right now. Oh, yeah. yeah they're major. But they have, a, as you might imagine, quite a, quite a growth in, in electricity demand. So their main their main um, uh, approach is to handle that first, make sure they have the uh, uh, demand satisfied, and then transition over to uh, uh, nuclear power plants. They're even retrofitting um, coal-fired plants with nuclear um, uh, heating systems. So they'll they'll leave the entire uh, generation electric generation part of it and just replace the, the the heating part with nuclear so you don't have to change the transmission lines you don't have to change build a whole new plant and that's something they're right. they're becoming quite expert at and and that's that's going on it just takes time so what i'm reading from your discussion here is that uh from a global perspective uh uh nuclear power and the use of nuclear energy is increasing as the world really becomes uh tr- trying to turn to uh, cl- uh, to handle the climate change or the green revolution, whatever you want to talk about, uh, but it is moving towards more of a nuclear energy consumption uh, international community. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yep, they are uh, certainly moving along those lines, and um, they don't seem to have as much trouble justifying it over there that, as we do. So, we're we, again, we're going to talk about that, but... Um, if you're looking at a way to produce clean energy, and that's your goal, you really couldn't find a better source than nuclear energy. We talked about that on the first couple of shows we did, but basically you have a very compact source of energy. The, 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 at the end of the, of the day, the ashes, the waste, is, is a very compact uh, system and, and totally contained and totally recyclable and uh, a, actually essentially a, a fuel repository for future years. So they're 
they're seeing the, the 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 benefits of that, and I think they're even moving out on the next generation reactors faster than we are. And one of the things we talked about in Argon, you were there, is the uh, the system for for recycling called pyroprocessing. And if you use pyroprocessing in conjunction with a fast reactor, you can burn the entire amount of the nuclear fuel, not just not just uh, the five percent we do when it's in the reactor. And that's a huge benefit to to the future of power in America for clean power. We did a back of the envelope uh, calculation with uh, Roger Bloomkiss from uh, Argonne, and we think there's about a thousand years worth of energy of U.S. energy just sitting in the piles right now. So, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Wow. Wow, that's a lot. And, Tom, let me just turn to you. Uh, as we, uh, as you continue to see the use of nuclear energy throughout the uh, international community, what are your thoughts on the usage of nuclear power just globally? Well, nuclear power is, is a must. If we're going to get to clean energy, uh, cheap, inexpensive energy, small waste streams, you name it, we need to have this in, in place. Uh, the United States is finally starting to come around. Several states are starting to look at it. And even the uh, president of the United States just signed a, uh, uh, an executive order that's going to make uh, the Nuclear Regulatory Commission streamline their effects to get these new uh, small modular reactors approved in a faster way than it's been done in the past. So we're starting to look at uh, streamlining it. Uh, also, the the assistant director uh, has a lot of, uh, to have done with this, which was uh, um, uh, Dr. Rita Barnwell, and she's trying to uh, streamline a lot of this stuff and get the United States back on top and back into uh, n- you know national and uh, international uh, building of uh, nuclear power plants. Right. It's a must uh, do, and it has to okay. has to happen. So, Steve, if I go back to you, uh, the top countries in nuclear power would be uh, which ones? Well, the United States still produces the most nuclear power in the world, even though ours is our production is going down. Percentage-wise, you have France. Of course, everybody has heard about France. It's about 75% of their power in nuclear. But there's uh, smaller countries are coming on. Ukraine and Hungary, for instance, have more than half of their power supplied by nuclear already, and a, a lot of those countries over there are looking at our, our next-generation reactors. They're not so pesky about getting them certified through NRC as, as, as we are, and they're actually looking at sales over there in the future. So they're very bought into it over in, in Europe, and it's, it's spreading. Like I said, Germany is the outlier. I think Swiss is shutting down theirs, but they only had two or three of them. I can't remember. But Germany had 21 of them, and, and they're supposed to be shutting them down, but they haven't yet. They've shut a few down, but not all of them. So I, I think... Uh, You'll see that that'll turn around as well. But, yeah, those are the countries that are, are, are huge amounts. Like I said, China's coming on with 46. Russia has 33 of them, and they're building more. Um, India doesn't have so many, but they're moving towards a different kind of a reactor called a thorium reactor because they have a lot of thorium over there. So they're already thinking about next-generation reactor uh, processes. And, and uh, you know, if you're looking for proliferation or bomb material, thorium's not the way to go, so... It looks like India is very much interested in supplying energy to their people. Right. And, and Japan what? is turning on their reactors one by one. They have uh, 53 reactors in, in Japan. All of them were shut down after Fukushima. And now they're starting to bring those back online. Oh. They had 53, is that what you're saying, in Japan? Yeah. 
Wow, I didn't know that. So that that's pretty good. Uh, so then, uh, where are we going uh, with nuclear energy in the world? It, it seems like, uh, based on your comments and, and Tom's expressions here, uh, that uh, there's going to be a, a, a growth factor here from globally. Is that correct? Oh, absolutely. And I think you're going to see, like I said, many new countries getting reactors that they never had before. I mean, if you think about it, uh, uh, clean air and clean water in any place is tied to nuclear or is tied to uh, power, the availability of electricity. And there's just not a lot of capability in some of these African countries to do that. So when you start letting them have electricity and let everybody have electricity and, and their, their quality of life comes to, to, to the top of the table for them. And a lot of them are waking up to not clean water and no food. And if you can get some of these reactors in there and get some electricity to them, their quality of life will, will just rocket up. And we found that in, in a lot of different areas. Go ahead, Tom. On top of that, that you can actually make uh, water, desalinate the water real easily with these nuclear power plants and even future uh, use for uh, making hydrogen for hydrogen uh, cars and trucks and uh, transportation. So there's a lot more than meets the eye with uh, nuclear energy, especially in uh, countries that are looking to develop and uh, get their people uh, on board in the the 21st century. This is uh, the way to do it. Right. So uh, I, I just want to say to my audience, uh, we, uh, Steve Curtis, uh, Tom Dolan, and I, uh, from, a, from a visit uh, to Argonne Lab on the 12th and 13th, uh, hosted by uh, Roger Bloomquist, I just want to make sure we uh, are upfront with that because I really learned a lot. We have about a minute left, and really, let me just summarize the first segment. The question really was, why is the national community expanding on their nuclear use and uh, as Steve so eloquently put it on, uh, China is scheduled to have 400 reactors by 2035. They currently have 46. So if you look at that uh, growth spurt there, it's quite significant. Uh, the use of nuclear power in Africa is uh, continuing to grow. India is continuing to grow. Leading uh, nuclear usage right now is U.S., France, and of course, uh, most of the European countries. Germany is probably going to start rethinking on their nuclear power because the uh, the renewables are not keeping up and that's a different show but I'll let that uh, hang. When we come back in the next uh, segment and we continue our discussion on renewable fuel solution nuclear energy, I want to focus on what we're doing in the United States. So we'll be right back. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips offers a psychological perspective on coping with common and current life issues. This show addresses topics as varied as marital stress, insomnia, depression, raising teens, campus violence, and building self-resilience. Listen in as Dr. Phillips and her guest experts share the latest in books, findings, and information that will inform and enhance your life journey. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
ever experience the joy of living, not just aspects of your life, but the true joy of life itself. Barry Shore has. You could call him an ambassador of joy, from a successful entrepreneur to becoming a quadriplegic due to a rare disease, to his ongoing recovery through swimming and physical rehabilitation. Barry now presents his gifts to others as host of The Joy of Living. All you need to do is tune in. Listen live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. You are listening to Today, Tomorrow's Technologies. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to today, tomorrow's technologies at gmail.com. Now, back to our show. Welcome back, folks. Uh, let's continue our t 3 program. Our subject today is a, re- a renewable fuel solution, nuclear energy. My two guests today are... Is are Mr. Steve Curtis and Tom Dolan. Steve has been involved in the nuclear industry for over 30 years, and Tom has been involved in law enforcement uh, for 25 years and certified radiation response incident command commander. Uh, let's just talk about, uh, we've had the discussion, uh, as I t- told the audience earlier, we had the opportunity to go to the Argonne Lab uh, the second week of March. Uh, Tom uh, Dolan, Steve Curtis, and myself, our, our host was Roger Bloomquist. I cannot thank him enough. But let's turn, now that we understand where the global community is going, which is a slight increase in the use of nuclear power, and I believe are going to continue to increase that, especially with China leading the way. For, uh, and think about it. They have 46 reactors uh, today, 2020. And going to 2035, they're expected to have 400 reactors. I mean, if that doesn't shock anybody, uh, I don't know what would uh, shock anybody. So let's talk about the U.S. nuclear energy and what is the United States doing and what has been some of the limitations. So, Steve, can you give me a summary on what's happening in the United States? Sure. Let me start back and and, and bring you back to the days when I was in high school, which is the Nixon administration. Gives you a clue how old I am. And we didn't care much about pollution back then. We just wanted to, you know, have our cars and have our energy and, and, and life was great. And, and we just burned whatever we could find that was cheapest and most available. And and nuclear was right in the middle of all that resurrection. They didn't really care about clean air or anything. They just knew nuclear produced a lot of energy and did it did so at a very high profit level. So they were on the board to move everything to nuclear. President Eisenhower had Adams for Peace. John Kennedy made a tremendous support statement for it. And then we ran into the uh, Johnson era and on up. And and that sort of slowed the whole momentum down, but what really stopped it was the big publicity on uh, the Three Mile Island accident, which actually was a perfect example of how a reactor uh, saved people when everything went catastrophically wrong. Nobody got hurt from that. But they built it into a big hype, and everybody else jumped on board, and the, the media took it from there. So since then, in the United States, there's only been um, a whole bunch of uh, uh, nuclear power plants were were ordered and canceled after that. But then the last one to come on board was uh, Palo Verde down near Phoenix, Arizona. That came on in 1987-1988. And Watts Bar is an interesting story. They had some built, partially built, and they completely stopped the the construction of them. 
and then resurrected that construction at a later date. And one came online at 96. The other one, uh, mostly through Fukushima, was even though they had approved design, had to rechange that design and retool the entire factory. And yet they still did that and came online in 2016. And now there's two currently under construction in Georgia, one that's going to come online in 2021, and the next one in 2022. That's the plan. So we're... And in that time, we've probably um, decommissioned maybe 20 reactors in that point, which brings us to the point where we have 96 reactors operating today. And they're operating almost 100% of the time. Their their average capacity factor is 95%. So no other uh, power um, source has can brag that, that level. And it's clean energy. So... By the profit motive in the early 70s, we've now morphed to a place where we have online a clean energy system that just keeps on running and keeps on going. And to, and I've spent the better part of my career trying to figure out what people are afraid of with this. I suppose they've come up with some ideas, but to be honest with you, Jose, none of them have been technically uh, um, valid, valid. None of these arguments are technically valid. They just keep throwing out the the bad stuff that they think is really bad and and it's scaring people and i and i guess the other thing i regret is that there's no real nuclear energy pushback to that so it's our plan now to try to um, educate people as much as we can but to educate them you need to get them interested and i really appreciate what you're doing along those lines but i think the next generation reactors coming out will be um, a godsend to everybody they're gonna. You can be able to order one, not for a house, baby, but for a, a remote area or a small city size or even a small utility. You can't do that now, but maybe in 20, 25 years, you'll be able to call up and order one, have it installed. It's installed underground, and it just sits there and cranks out energy until you need the fuel changed. And the, the least amount of time that would take is seven years for the next generation reactors. Some of them can run up to 30, 35 years without being refueled. And then the company that sells you the uh, reactor will take responsibility for the fuel. So it's really going to be a nicer, kind of more attractive part to it. But then the question comes, what do we do with what's left over? They use nuclear fuel. And we're going to have a show on that next week. But um, our, our plan is that most people would like to see it recycled. I have yet to find a state that is, will receive this to bury it. And we won't even, uh, even the interim storage they're talking about, the states haven't approved it until there's a law that mandates a final solution for it. So here we sit day after day after day, uh, not dealing with a problem that's kind of embarrassing to the nuclear industry because it's an easy problem to solve. Trouble is the government took over and uh, we've been fighting that political battle ever since. So that kind of brings us up to today, but still 19% of our power and 55% of our clean power is coming from nuclear energy today. And not a single problem, you know, nothing, nothing Do we, that, that gets in the way. Right, Steve, and uh, that was a great recap. Uh, bottom line is that uh, even with the clean power, uh, clean energy, and renewables, uh, is there some confusion in that definition? Because that's really, a, that's what I believe. There's confusion in the definition. Uh, there's some uh, uh, public uh, perceptions that uh, nuclear energy or nuclear power, nuclear reactors are dangerous. And yet, you know, I look around and uh, the world's, Increase usage of nuclear power is increasing. Most of the power that we get uh, in the U.S., at least uh, to in some areas, are is nuclear power. 
and uh, and, and it just continues to grow or should grow. Uh, so I'm I'm really curious about that, Tom uh, Dolan. Uh, as yeah. we move throughout the United States, uh, what do you see the major changes in the U.S. or uh, maybe the NRC, DOE, or any Atomic Energy well, Commissions? What what what's happening there? What, what, what I feel, okay, this is my personal opinion, is that uh, we've been fed uh, a bunch of wrong information. Number one, they're calling stuff renewables, so that looks all nice and rosy. But when you're looking at it, some of it's biomass. That's dirty fuel, okay? You have, you know, uh, e- even though uh, natural gas is a cleaner, it, uh, you know, burning fuel, it still is a carbon-based fuel, and they're calling these things clean or renewable, uh, you, you know, even like wood and stuff can be considered renewable because trees regrow. So I think we need to get a better classification in this country saying dirty, clean, and that would help matters in the, in the first place. But, I mean, we, we have like a, a perfect state that is Illinois. We went to visit it back in the middle of March here. Uh, they have 11, react, 11 power plants, and they're producing 52 uh, percent of their electricity is generated through that, and 88 percent of uh, the uh, you know electricity produced in the state is emission free because of nuclear. And we need to step back up and get things rolling. You know, we have to to move in the right direction. Uh, while I know we need to do the renewables, but they are very. What would you call it? Uh, it? It looks like a rosy picture again, but the sun doesn't always shine and the wind doesn't always uh, blow, and we don't have the the, the amount of money it's going to cost to actually have backed up uh, uh, batteries for these systems. And so what happens is we go back into the fossil fuels, and we go back right. into the right. same circle of uh, same mess. Well, but we need well to we all understand... We all understand that we're going to need more energy. Uh, that is just forecast. And what I'm trying to understand as I go around and understand renewable fuels, as I said at the beginning of the show, from solar to wind to bio to uh, wave technologies, and there's other many other, you know, uh, Musk uh, with his battery farms. I mean, uh, the energy consumption just in the United States, just take a state. Uh, let's, you know, we're interested in uh, Virginia. At least that's where you and I live. And, and the use of uh, what Virginia power is. And on the third segment, I'd like to talk a little bit about what each individual state is doing. But right now, from a collective United States, we're going to need more more and more power. And I look at uh, the the current power plants that are out there, reactor plants. I look at uh, what the U.S. Navy's doing. I look at what we're trying to do, uh, you know, as we try to shoot for exploring the moon again, going to Mars. I mean, when you talk about the lunar um, uh, rover or you talk about the uh, curiosity on Mars. Curiosity is still working because it's got a small nuclear power plant there. And so, as Steve mentioned, I do believe that we've got to get out of these large grid uh, concentration and start getting into sectors. And eventually, I do believe that we can get to individual homes. But uh, anyway, let's talk about uh, nuclear power in the United States. Where do you see that going? Uh, based on uh, Steve, you, you talked about uh, Georgia coming up with its power plant. In 2021, uh, another one. I think you said.
said 2022. Uh, uh, you had uh, before that uh, the the plant was approved in 2016. Where where are we going in the U.S.? Are we decreasing because that's where most of uh, of the public reaction is, and the, maybe the misunderstanding. We need to get some clarity on how and why nuclear energy is so important. Well, well, first thing I want to clarify, when we talk directly to audiences and talk to, to groups, they very rarely have any problem with nuclear energy. The ones that have problem with nuclear energy are really doing it mostly from a political point of view. So when you talk about how our government works, works a lot on lobbyists, it works a lot on, on individual interests now, it's, which probably isn't the best way to support a free enterprise a, 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 um, country like we have. But what I would advocate is, like along the lines Tom said, we declare set up a standard. If we want clean energy, we should set a standard for clean energy and say, if you produce clean energy, we're going to give you this much for it. If it's dirty energy, we're going to give you this much for it. If we got out of all the subsidies and all of the, uh, of the special interests and everything, which I know will never happen, nuclear competes very, very well. In fact, it blows the rest of them off the table. If, if, and, and they've been so overregulated and so restricted, but it turns out that they're the safest industry in the, in, in, uh, of all industries. They've got the best industrial safety record of all industries. So there's really a curiosity going on that's really driven by special interests, and, and, and we're trying our best to move that around. What I see in the future is there's 13 reactors that are now actively approved to be built, the large light water reactors like we have today. They are actually on the books. I think one of them is even in Virginia uh, approved that just hasn't been built yet. And until they sort out all of the regulations, and Fukushima changed a whole lot of regulations, even though they're, we're safe here and there's you know some um, very, very small, I don't know, I can't even describe how small idea that we'd ever have a tsunami here, they still went through this whole exercise of making them retool their existing reactors and making them, Rechange the designs that they hadn't built and everything. Of course, that's very, very expensive. So maybe it's a, a way to make a, a nuclear look like it's really expensive. I don't know. But if, if we go by the record of how safe it is, you could probably turnkey approve these things that move down the road and then certainly have your inspections. There's an NRC inspector on every nuclear power site full time. And so the, the bottom lines are very, very safe, but they're not being supported in some circles and and uh, not and that's what the people hear so more light water reactors is fine but if you look at the next generation small modular reactor that's where really the industry is going and there's actually more than 50 companies capitalized at more than 2 billion dollars to produce new designs for small modular reactors we we heard last week you and I and Tom that uh, there was a very active uh, Recycling program that led to uh, the fast reactor production of energy for a thousand years easy, just with the existing um, what we now call waste. <clears throat> so there's there's a disconnect here somewhere that we need to really try to educate the public and have them understand what's coming up. It's really for their own benefit because if you're gonna if you're gonna give them clean power that's really going to be affordable and well into the future, you really really need to try to grab them and make them understand. And now we're under forty years of of trying to bury this stuff and, and throw it away, and no state will accept it. So we're in limbo. So my idea is yeah, to try something it's different. The same thing. People Why not are, get a governor to advocate this? Why not back, get a state to take it? You know, that's my All idea. Right, Steve. That's great. Go ahead, Tom. Seventies. Yeah, it, the mentality is still back in the nineteen seventies. Just looking at it in that point of view, 
But you can take a look from when I graduated high school, 1978. The ban went into effect the day before. Okay, so I'm old. But in these 43, 44 years, look at all the advancements we've come with all the, you know, research and everything else going on. We have many ways we can use, use nuclear fuel as a power source. In Virginia alone, once we recycle it, we can power the state alone for over 400 years with the fuel that we already have at Lake Anna and Surrey Nuclear Power Plant. And that's alongside of putting in these new small modular reactors. It, it's, it's amazing stuff. And even uh, what right now the fuel sitting there at each one of these plants, uh, the used fuel, that's dangerous for hundreds of thousands of years. That's a big demon. But yep, yep, once yep. it goes into recycling, guess what? 97% of that is useful fuel to recycle, to, to be able to power the, the, the states. And the rest of the 3%, there's heat coming out of that to be used for industry. There are rare earth metals in there, palladium, all sorts of re- future research. And at the same time, it's no longer radioactive for hundreds of thousands of years. It's under 300 and a lot okay. of that stuff drops off drastically, and it's usable uh, to, for research and whatever else have you within 50 to 60 years. So okay, well, it, yeah, we s- have to go. save that thought, Tom. Let me uh, just do a recap. We've got uh, about a minute and a half left here. Uh, folks, we're talking to uh, Mr. Tom Dole and Steve Curtis, uh, experts in uh, the nuclear energy. Our, field, uh, our topic today, a renewable fuel solution, nuclear energy. And this is just the first show. I just wanted to say that next week we're going to talk about the advantages of nuclear recycling uh, on the 31st of March. And then on the 7th of April, we're going to talk about renewable fuels, what do we know? And as Steve Curtis mentioned and Tom has uh, dittoed, uh, we need a set of standards. There's a confusion between what is clean energy, what's renewable uh, fuel, and uh, what why uh, is there a difference when we start talking about uh, wind, solar, bio, and wave technologies and many others? So we're going to talk about that in several programs. But uh, if you want to take a test and know uh, and find out how much you know about uh, the nuclear uh, energy, please go to HTTPS uh, semicolon backslash backslash Virginia dash recycles dash snf.com backslash nuclear dash ed and if you can't find it uh, there just go to uh, voice america uh, dot com at the variety channel and look up today tomorrow's technologies and you can look up this programs and you can see in the write-up uh, where the uh, uh, website is uh, we have uh, just real quick a uh, little less than 30 seconds let's just say that in the first segment we covered what's going on globally internationally with the nuclear energy this last segment we talked about some of the uh, what's going on in the United States maybe some of the impediments uh, next segment and uh, third segment I'd like to talk about individual states. What's going on in an individual state? And is nuclear power, nuclear energy advancing those states? We'll uh, take a two-minute break here. And we'll be right back.
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. We all know that today our country is in many ways run by vested interests, which have accumulated large amounts of power for themselves and at our expense. But this can be changed by recognizing the problems and then by adopting libertarian solutions to address them. Tune into All Rise, the Libertarian Way with Judge Jim Gray. Judge Gray and his guests will discuss the problem areas of today and then present solutions that result in a better world for ourselves and and our children. Tune in Fridays at 7 a.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. Eastern on Voice America Variety. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. You are listening to Today, Tomorrow's Technologies. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to today, tomorrow's technologies at gmail.com. Now, back to our show. Welcome back, folks. Uh, let's continue T3. This is our third segment. We've been having a very uh, uh, lively discussion about nuclear energy, both from an international perspective, what's going on internationally, and then, of course, we uh, concentrated on the U.S. in the second segment. Uh, on this segment, I'd like to break it down into individual states, what's going on in individual states. Before I get there, though, if you want to know more about the nuclear power and recycling and what do you know about it, please uh, go to Voice America, the Variety Channel, on the 10th, uh, on October 22nd, 2019, we did a show there, Nuclear Power, Recycling, What Do I Know? And then also we did a, another show called Recycling Nuclear Fuel on the uh, uh, December 10th. So those are two dates that you can go look up, uh, Recycling Nuclear Fuel, uh, December 10th, and then of course, Nuclear Power, Recycling, What Do I Know, on October 22nd. Uh, those are two interesting shows. If you want to know a little bit more, this is our third show. This is uh, a renewable fuel solution, nuclear energy. And the reason I wanted to do this show is uh, uh, non-disclosure. Uh, Tom, Steve, and I had the opportunity to go to Argonne Lab. We learned a little bit about uh, nuclear power, nuclear reactors, what's going on in the United States. And I thought, wow, that is a major change. Also, because I've been doing the space segments with uh, Hawks Abbott, I started getting curious about the lo- rovers and the landers and the tires. 
type of uh, propulsion systems that we're going to need to go in space. And I asked myself, why can't we do that here on Earth right now and, and begin that testing process? And, of course, it's a t- two different environments, but it's, some, it's something we need to look at. And, of course, uh, the, uh, uh, the rover Curiosity still at Mars uh, got my attention because it's, it's still ticking up there. But anyway, I want to turn my attention to Steve. Steve, what is the balance in the United States for nuclear energy from a state's perspective? Who has the most reactors? Well, basically, if you look at the uh, the map, most of them are east, on the eastern side of the United States, the less on the western side. Uh, we have um, 29 states have uh, nuclear reactors in them at 58 sites, and there's a total of 96 operational today. And there's something on the order of, if you count sort of the modern ones, 20 uh, reactors that have been decommissioned. Some have been completely taken down, and their spent fuel sitting on pads on their site, waiting for uh, disposition. But in the last, 104 was the amount of reactors we had about uh, about uh, maybe 10 years ago. Now we have 96, so it's not moving in a positive direction, and that's going to that's going to have people suffer. Now another trend that's happened, and we talked a little bit about it before, was the uh, need to go to zero emissions. So now a lot of states have declared they're going to have no fossil fuel plants operating in I think 2035 and 2040. They've set different goals in different states, but they're they're on a warpath against uh, fossil fuel energy, which is subsidized by the federal government to the tune of about $20 billion a year still. So it's conflicting, you know, you don't subsidize things you want to get rid of, but so who knows about that. And so what they, they have done is start uh, subsidizing, the federal government subsidized solar and wind, and so the utilities saying, why not go solar and wind? I mean, that's a lot more profit because you get free money from the government. And so what they've done, what the nuclear utilities have been doing is say, well, if that's what you want to do, we'll start shutting down nuclear power reactors because that's how we make more money. And so the states have come back recently and uh, um, said, well, um, the states will subsidize you. We'll give you zero emission credits. And New York, Illinois, New Jersey, and to a certain degree, Pennsylvania has been doing that. And coincidentally enough, Illinois and Pennsylvania have the most reactors. Illinois has 11 and, and Pennsylvania has nine. South Carolina has seven, North Carolina has five, and Florida has five. Virginia, New York, and Texas and Alabama have four. So here we got Virginia is certainly in the top uh, uh, top tier of the states that have are powered by, by by nuclear power. And so when you look at how utilities make decisions, they make decisions based on money. They have to deliver energy to the people, and they have to make money. So they're really struggling with the intermittent power that comes from. Um, solar and wind, and so they often have to, to, to either throw away the power or pay somebody to take it when there's an oversubscription because of the mandate to put solar and wind in, and I don't think utilities would choose that if they had the way to go, and I know if it wasn't subsidized, it would be gone overnight, so we have to ask ourselves as a nation where we want to go, so right now, uh, 19%, like I said, of our, it's like 19.7, I guess, percent of our power is comes from uh, nuclear power reactors. And when you're talking about it going on the national grid, it goes everywhere once it gets on the national grid. So every state gets a piece of nuclear power whether they have a reactor or not. And um, we move in that direction. So the utilities have a decision to make. And they're, and they're basing their decision on how they make money. So... We really don't have like a coal producers organization or oil producers organization for nuclear because we haven't built reactors in so long. There's not really any strong nuclear construction companies sticking up for it. All the next generation reactor companies are kind of 
startups and things like that, although there are uh, a lot of the big boys are putting um, small modular reactors out there. So we really don't have any national advertising to counter all the stuff you hear from um, the uh, fossil fuel companies, and they're the ones putting out the information and paying the, uh, renew- the, the renewable guys to do it because they know that uh, they won't compete as, as quickly with fossil fuel companies. So anyway, nuclear just doesn't get the, the word out, just doesn't get the, the, the people to understand, and, and so it's, that's why we're shutting these things down, because the governors listen to how many votes they're going to get. So our job, I think, Tom and I and you, are to get the word out there so people understand, and maybe people start paying attention. But yeah, it's, it's a really solid, good business in the United States right now, but it's declining. And Tom, as we move towards uh, uh, Virginia, what what's the summary there? Well, with Virginia, I mean, number one, back in 1957, it was the first U.S. power grid that was actually being energized from uh, Fort uh, Belvoir in Virginia. We were the first. Well, you know, we are, we do have. Uh, a time stake in here that we 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 started stuff. We have some of the greatest industry here in the Virginia. We have two uh, nuclear power plants with uh, two reactors each, and that powers thirty nine percent of Virginia and and ninety probably ninety five plus uh, of that is uh, clean energy. Okay, that that's produced here in Virginia alone. Uh, over the years, uh, there was a, a nuclear waste fund. We, we've, uh, you know, ratepayers have put in $852 million into the federal nuclear waste fund, which with uh, Stephen and my, uh, in, in, in Virginia, uh, we're looking to, uh, you know, get that back into Virginia. We're, we're going to come up with, we have a proposal uh, for uh, the governor and uh, Virginia itself to uh, do stuff. Uh, You've got to look. Right now, we have the largest Navy yards here. The Navy operates over 97 reactors. They have safety record of, of over 150 million miles traveled by nuclear power plants. No problem whatsoever. Uh, Virginia employs 50,000 people at these uh, uh, U.S. nuclear fleet. Probably 100,000 within the state itself uh, have to do with direct work with nuclear energy or the offshoots uh, companies and support. So uh, Virginia is a, a prime place to actually, uh, you know, uh, uh, go with new nuclear energy and further it, uh, not only with the, uh, the renewables, as the governor has declared, by 2050, we should be carbon-free, no uh, fossil fuels. Uh, the Senate's even trying to push that even, even faster by uh, 2045. Uh, just this spring, they uh, declared that nuclear energy is a clean energy source, the first step in uh, going forward with some of this stuff, uh, you know, to make, uh, make nuclear energy uh, attractive again. Uh, over the, the past few, uh, a few months, I've uh, traveled about and spoke and uh, met on the phone or either in person Michael Schellenberger, an anti-nuclear person who now has turned pro-nuclear. He understands that we need to do it. So here in Virginia, there's a, a lot of great stuff. Uh, the Landmark Foundation in Norfolk actually uh, put some money into Argonne National Labs uh, recycling, uh, you know, to do a pilot-scale pyroprocessing plant. They uh, did a whole study and a whole report on it uh, a few weeks back when uh, uh, Steve, uh, Jose, and myself went there. 
we learned so much more about uh, nuclear energy and the recycling, uh, you know, uh, that we can do with this and how we can power our country for years and years to come on the, the used nuclear fuel. Uh, Gene Grechek uh, from a past American Nuclear Society uh, president and uh, ex-vice president of Dominion uh, Power at Lake Anna. Another great uh, person that we have met, uh, Governor Bob McDonald. Uh, he started the Virginia Nuclear Energy Consortium Authority uh, to make Virginia a national and world leader. We need to get step up our efforts and get back on track with this. Uh, so in the meantime, from coming out of uh, uh, Argonne National Laboratory and having a great uh, you know, uh, few, two days there with uh, Roger Blomquist, the nuclear engineer, who gave us all the facts and all the things, we're trying to uh, formulate a plan to educate Virginia politicians and citizens on the benefits of carbon-free nuclear energy. And, you know, with the assistance of uh, hopefully Argonne National Laboratory, uh, these are amazing benefits uh, that we can actually do. Uh, Virginia deserves a proposal that will help Virginians, you know, uh, benefit from this uh, great energy source. And uh, it's our group, uh, group that proposes to do so. Uh, by Virginia, you know, hopefully in, in the future, accepting, uh, you know, uh, this big demon of used nuclear fuel that's terrible for hundreds of thousands of years, we can tame it, bring it down to size, and empower our state for years to come. Uh, I think the estimate was 400 years. Uh, okay. At least. Uh, well, Steve, uh, uh, Steve, go ahead. We, go ahead. Go ahead, Steve. Okay. One thing I was going to point out to you is that um, nuclear power plants are uh, even hurricane-proof and recession-proof and energy business recession-proof. Everybody's got electricity on now, even though we're all hunkered in our house and closing down other, all the other businesses. It's a great business to have, and Virginia can have it for the asking. They can have the future of clean energy production in the future if they decide to recycle, use nuclear fuel in Virginia, and be the first one to declare that. It's almost a no-brainer, but there's a lot of resistance to it. Go ahead. Any, uh, yeah, we've got about three minutes left there, Tom, so let's get uh, about a minute summary. Where do you think we need to go? And, uh, and then I'll turn it to Steve. Where, where do we need to go from here to there, Steve? Go ahead, Tom. Well, I believe uh, education is number one. I mean, if we can get the people who are going to matter and, and make their, our choices and uh, that we, we have voted in in office, uh, they need to be brought up to speed on the correct information. If we can do so as well as uh, uh, educating citizens on the benefits of this, Virginia can most likely within five years uh, have an influx of over, let's say, $5 billion a year uh, by uh, doing a proposal that we'll tell about on another show here. But, uh, you know, go to our website, uh, you know, we have slides you can take a look at, learn on your own, and we'll be trying to do a series to help educate right now. And also I'll have a link there for uh, this show that you can actually listen to at the same time. So I'll let uh, Jose and perfect, Steve perfect. go on. And, uh, go All right, this. Steve, give me a quick summary. We've got uh, about okay, a minute for well, you the, and 30 the, seconds the, for me. Tom did a, did a good job of it. I'll point out that there are um, huge economic benefits to going with nuclear. And the trouble we have is we have to 
walk up this hill of 40 years of disinformation that people have heard. They just don't have the right idea, and they've been told the wrong things, and, and nobody's, uh, nobody's countered that with any information. That's part of it. We need to turn the nuclear industry around because they're all still thinking of burying it, and that's ridiculous and not cost-effective, and, and some state's going to have to pull them out of their doldrums by volunteering to do this for huge amounts of money. And okay. then, then we, we worry about the, the future of clean energy. So it, it, all, it all points to nuclear. All right. Well, let's uh, wrap it up here. Uh, Folks, uh, today we've been listening to a renewable fuel solution called Nuclear Energy. My guest has been uh, Steve Curtis and Tom Dolan. Uh, We had the good fortune to go to the Argonne National Lab. We did talk to Roger Blunkwass, who gave us a lot of information. But uh, really, I'd just like to thank uh, my guest today. I just want to remind the audience uh, that we will be doing a show next week. It's called The Advantage of Nuclear Recycling. Uh, please stay tuned to that, and I'd like to extend a shout-out to my executive producer, Dee Daniels, and, of course, my executive uh, assistant, Alexandra Loreno. So until next week, I'll well, bid you good well, have a great weekend, and stay safe. Thank you for listening to Today, Tomorrow's Technologies. We hope you'll join your host, Jose Negron, for another exciting program next Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Enjoy the rest of your week.